the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. In today's episode, we're sharing a presentation from MaxLawCon 2020. Our originally scheduled MaxLawCon speaker, James Hart, presented live to the Maximum Lawyer Guild community. And today we share his talk, Start and Grow a YouTube Channel that your clients and prospects will actually watch. Let's get to it. Welcome, everyone. Just to let you know, when I prepared this presentation, I prepared it for a live audience. So when I asked questions, I didn't know you wouldn't be able to respond. So I will just go ahead and fill in your answers for you, if that's okay. But anyway, let's go ahead and get started. So first question I have for you is, as a lawyer who's running a practice on your own, what is it that you want? And this is where I would get responses from you. But since you're not going to be giving me responses, I, I made up some responses that I think that I know what you want. I think you probably want some more quality clients. You probably want some more time freedom in your life, in your practice. You probably want to impact your clients' lives in a positive way. I imagine you probably, if you're building your own firm, you want some level of lifestyle freedom. You probably want to work on cases that you actually enjoy working. I can tell you, I've been there where you're sitting across from somebody in the conference room, and it's just somebody that you're listening to their story and you do you don't want to have anything to do with their case but you also at the same time know that you need to leave the, keep the lights on you need to pay staff you need to do different things like that but what if you really I, I imagine most of you want to work on cases that you actually enjoy you probably want some financial freedom maybe you want all of the above i don't know where you are in your practice but we we've, we've probably got some people here on the call today who are everything from just starting out on their own um, right out of law school to more seasoned attorneys that are running bigger firms or maybe just went out on their own who have been at bigger firms. But these are characteristics that most attorneys want. Now, the question I have for you then also is why can't you get these things? And I'll fill in the answers for you since you're not here to respond. So number one, you're probably bogged down in legal work. I know a lot of people, that's what happens. You get done in the legal work and then you don't have time to market your law firm, which leads to number two, you don't have time to market. You don't know how to market your law firm. Maybe COVID is a problem right now. I mean, obviously we're not meeting with people. uh, At least most of us are not meeting with people face-to-face. I know I'm not meeting with people face-to-face. That is an issue. And I remember sitting in my law firm back in March when we first got the news that, that everything was basically shutting down, didn't know what to do. And 
And that, I was scared. And I'm sure many of you were scared. You didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, so maybe you're too busy. Remember those clients that you took on that you didn't like? Well, now you're doing their work and you don't like working for them. They're not paying you enough. Maybe they're not paying you anything at all. And, um, and it's keeping you from marketing your firm. Maybe you don't have systems in place to run your practice the right way. Or maybe you can't afford to hire staff uh, because you're doing all these other things that, like I said, you're not marketing your firm and you're not bringing in the revenues you need to bring in. Perhaps for some of you, there's some mental roadblocks. So these are some of the things that this is what's keeping you back, right? Now, now what's at stake for you if this, if this is what it sounds like for you? And many of you hopefully can relate to this. What is at stake for you and for your life? Well, number one, you're never going to be able to build the law firm you dream of. It's great that many of you are in the guild because uh, Tyson and Jim will do a great job of teaching you everything you need to know to start building that life that you want and building that firm that you want. I know this is something that I that happened to me. I got burnt out, you know, and maybe you're getting burnt out. You, you, you're doing all these things. You just feel like you're running on this treadmill. And you're not going anywhere. You're getting burned out, which leads to you end up hating your work. You end up hating what you're doing, which is not good for you. And it's definitely not good for your clients. And then your family relationships are going to suffer as well because you're working all the time on clients you don't like, who don't pay you enough, that work you hate. And this it's all kind of a hamster wheel, right? So you're continuing to ride uh, the law firm roller coaster. A marketing coach that I had once called this, and I think it's appropriate, porpoising because you're like a dolphin that's going up and down and up and down. Call it a roller coaster, call it porpoising, whatever you want. That's what's happening. You know, you're 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 going high, you're getting clients, you're feeling great, and then you have to do the work, you stop marketing, and business plummets. And that's what happens. And that's what happens to a lot of solo attorneys. So hopefully some of this sounds familiar to you. So who else here, and, and I realize you can't answer, but who else wants to learn to build a better way uh, to build a sustainable law practice? Now, before we get into that, who am I? And what, what am I doing here? Why am I talking to you about this stuff? Well, let me tell you. I'm a family law attorney in Cary, North Carolina. I've been practicing about 15 years. I'm licensed in North Carolina and Florida. And I'm, I'm right now uh, because of, and, and a lot of this is because of COVID. Now, mind you, Jim and Tyson asked me to do this presentation back in June at Max Law Con Live. And this was probably 18 months ago, they asked me to do this, uh, something like that 15 months ago. So things have changed a lot since they originally asked me to do this presentation. But at this point, I am, because of COVID, starting to build this online business. And I'm using YouTube as the primary platform to do that. Now, you might be wondering, well, what can you do through YouTube? You know, we've tried YouTube and um, we don't get a whole lot of traction through it. Maybe we're not getting any traction at all through it. And so how do I sell through YouTube? Well, I sell right now, currently, I sell legal templates through YouTube. I sell business strategy calls through YouTube. I sell subscription legal work through YouTube, which is basically like clients hire me and they pay a monthly retainer fee for me to represent them. And it's, that's typically on transactional type of work that I can, I can handle for them. I receive affiliate revenue through YouTube. I receive, I've set up a DIY legal website where people can go online and form their own LLCs and hire my firm as their registered agent, and do all these types of things online without me having any uh, part in the process at all through YouTube. And I also have now a flagship legal course that I sell through YouTube as well. And I've had 250 students go through that all in the past six to eight months or, or so since COVID hit. So that, that's who I am. And now let's start talking about the fun stuff and why you're all here. And that's YouTube. Now, this is my YouTube channel. And um, for those of you, maybe you don't notice, but right here 
is um, is the key number right here. I've got 102,000 subscribers. Um, I built this channel, and this is what sustains my law firm right now, um, in large part, uh, and continues to do this. So my question for you is, why should you continue paying attention? Because you might look at that and think, well, that's great, but but how can I get there? Well, you can get there. Last December, a year ago, almost to the day, I had 40,000 subscribers. So I've get, picked up over 60,000 subscribers in the past year. When COVID hit, this is the reason I was able to grow the channel is because I started focusing on growing my channel back in March. And I really started digging deep into YouTube, how it worked, how the algorithm worked, and how I could do things to make sure that my videos got shown to as many people as possible so I could grow my channel. The great thing about YouTube is that your videos are going to work for you around the clock. And people like Jim can attest to this because Jim is doing a great job with his YouTube channel. And I know he gets clients through his YouTube channel. Uh, and, and your videos are going to work for you around the clock. Right now, I get about 5,500 views per day to videos on my channel. That adds roughly 20 to 50 new people per day to my email list that I continue to market to and sell services to every week. Um, so I have a very engaged email list. Some people, they get people on their email list and they don't do anything with it. I think that's a bad idea. I email my list once or twice minimum per week to keep them engaged. It's allowed me to create these new legal products and services to help more people, as I talked about before. It's also allowed me to create predictable passive revenue into my law firm, uh, which is really helpful. And uh, just to give you an idea of what that means, through month end, November 30th, 2020, my, my revenue was up 24% year over year from 2019. My profit was up 33%. And the reason my profit was up is because number one, I'm generating more passive app revenue. Number two, my expenses have gone down as a result of COVID. Uh, so both of those have helped. So again, if you're live, hopefully all of you will be raising your hand right now, hooting and hollering and saying that you want to learn more. So let's talk about YouTube. Now, any conversation to talk about YouTube has to start with what is, if you want to grow your YouTube channel, what is it that YouTube wants to get? And before I show you the answer, I guess I would throw it out to you. Just think about it for a second. What is YouTube's number one goal? And again, if we were live, hopefully some of you would, would respond. But their, their number one goal, YouTube's number one goal, is to show the right video to the right person at the right time. So you might be wondering, that sounds great, Jim, but why, why is this YouTube's number one goal? And the reason that this is their number one goal is because by doing that, by showing the right video to the right person at the right time, people will stay on YouTube longer and they will have a better viewing experience. So it used to be that what YouTube wanted to do with their algorithm is they just wanted people to stay on as long as possible. What they realized is that people might stay on for two hours and then they get off and they feel terrible because they just wasted two hours of their life watching cat videos. That's not what YouTube wants anymore. They want people to have a positive viewing experience. Whether that means they stay on for 10 minutes or an hour or longer, they want them to have a positive viewing experience. So if you can craft your videos in a way that's gonna get people to stay on the platform and give them a positive viewing experience, YouTube is going to reward you for that. So how in the world do you do this? That's the big million dollar question, right? Well, number one, you have to start thinking about optimizing for humans and not robots. So many lawyers are optimizing for robots and we'll talk about that here in just a second. You need to optimize your videos for humans. Many people don't know this, but I've heard a lot of people talking about 
you know, transcription, like transcribing their videos for so for search engines and different things like that and making sure those get uploaded because that's going to help YouTube figure out what's in the video, blah, blah, blah. YouTube knows more about your video when you publish it than you can ever put into the descriptions, into the tags, into the title, anything like that. Let me repeat that. So you get, just make sure you understand that. And there's actually a tool online where you can see how this works. But when you upload that video to YouTube, when after you upload it, you notice that there, it spends all this time processing. What YouTube is doing is it's internally transcribing the video. It's looking at all the images that are in your video. It's figuring out what music is in your video. It's figuring out what you're talking about in the video. It knows more about that video when you finish, when it finishes processing that than you could ever put in any amount of titles, descriptions, or tags. So keep that in mind as we continue this presentation. Now, how do you optimize for humans and not robots? Well, the first thing I would say is that you need to focus on your ideal prospect. So as an attorney, you need to define what your ideal customer avatar is. You need to be yourself in your videos. If, if yourself means standing behind some law books and wearing a suit and tie and acting like an attorney, then fine, let's do it as long as it's authentic. But if that's not you, and I know a lot of attorneys that that is not them, that is the, that is the persona they put on because they think that the profession demands that. Well, let me tell you something, YouTube does not demand that. Maybe when you go to court, you have to act that way. But when you're on YouTube, you do not have to act that way. And a lot of attorneys are gonna push back at that and they're not gonna like that, but you have to be yourself in your videos. And, and just a quick side note before we go on, one of my most popular videos, I literally rolled out of bed, went to my office. My hair was like all scruffy all over the place. I was wearing a scruffy, smelly t-shirt. I literally flipped the video on, recorded for like three or four minutes and uploaded it. It was terrible. It was awful. And it's gotten several hundred thousand views. So you've got to be yourself. People want to see people. They don't want to see I mean, they want to see lawyers, but they want to see lawyers who are people, if that makes sense. So when you're recording your videos, just like I'm talking to this camera right now, and I really wish I was talking to all of you in person, but just like I'm talking to this camera right now, pretend your camera is a prospect. Pretend your camera is someone that you're sitting in your conference room with and talking to and make a biographical sketch of what that person looks like and who they are. And that's who you should be talking to in the camera. Talk to that person. Now, when you're defining your target audience, make each video for one specific person. If you do plaintiff's work, don't make all your videos about car wrecks and medical malpractice and workers' comp and all these things. Focus on one specific customer avatar and make that video about that person and talk to that person. The more specific you are with your videos and who you're talking to in your videos, the better your video is going to perform. All right. So let's talk about, I said I was gonna to get to this, what most lawyers and marketers focus on. They focus on three things. Number one, they focus on keywords. Number two, they focus on their tags. And number three, they focus on descriptions. I already told you that, that you don't need to worry about that because when you're uploading that video, YouTube's figuring this stuff out without you giving it to them. You don't need to give it to them. So if when you're focusing on these three things, that makes sense if you're doing this. If you go to Google, there's a search box and you're going to type in what you're looking for, right? And that's how Google knows what to show you 
as terms of content, because most of it's going to be written. They might show you some videos, they might show you some images, things like that. But most of what they're going to show you in the search results are going to be text. It's going to be information. Now, that doesn't make sense on YouTube. And here's why. On YouTube, it's all graphical. It's images. It's, it's, uh, that, that's what people are looking for. So if you want to get found on YouTube and you want to grow your channel on YouTube, you have to keep this in mind. Um, a lot of attorneys, and I'll show you an example of what I did with a really bad video about a year ago where I was focusing on keywords because I didn't know any better back then. And I'll show you how that turned out. But you need to, if you're going to be on YouTube and you're going to do well, you need to focus on three things. You need to focus on your thumbnails and you need to not just have them be an afterthought. A lot of attorneys, and I've seen this from people in this group, and you know who you are, they just let whatever random thumbnail pops up on their image, that's, that's the thumbnail they put up. You need to give it more thought. You should be doing, you should be spending at least as much time on your thumbnails as you spend on the content for your videos, because it's that important. Titles, and I put in parentheses CTR, that means click-through rate, because your title and your thumbnail in conjunction together, that's what's going to drive people to look for and click on your video. And that's what you want. You want people to click on your videos. And if people are clicking on your videos and you have a high click-through rate, YouTube is going to reward you by showing it to more people. The third thing is the content and the watch time. So these are the three things that you really should be focusing on. Not what I talked about before, the keywords, the descriptions, and tags and things like that. You need to focus on your thumbnails and titles and then also your content. And we're gonna, I'm gonna show you how this works here in just a second. So in terms of titles and thumbnails, I'll be honest, I still work on that. I still struggle with this. I'm getting better, but it's, it's hard for me. But I have gotten pretty good at show, getting people to keep watching my videos, which is why I think that my channel has done so well. So what I wanna share with you today is how you can get people to keep watching your videos. And this is very important. You need to do this. Number one, you need to determine what is the goal for each video that you're going to put out. Every video should have a goal. And the, the goal of the video is not going to be to get people to click an ad. We're going to go through this here in a second. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. There are three video types that you should be publishing on your YouTube channel. The first type, I would say 80% of the time you should be putting out these videos. These are, are videos to grow your channel. This is going to be substantive, evergreen type of content whose goal is to provide value to the viewer so that they will keep watching and watch more information on your channel. Second type of video is to sell something. Now, this is where most lawyers make mistakes. And again, you know who you are. You get on, you do your video, and in the first 10 seconds, you're telling people to go to your website. At the end of the video, you're telling people to go to your website. You're telling them to, well, subscribing isn't as bad, but you're telling them to click a link. You're telling them to call a phone number. You're telling them to go to your website. If you, uh, if you, let's say you were an attorney who, one of the marketing things you did is you invited a bunch of people to a happy hour each week when, when we can have a happy hour, right? But let's say that's what you did. And you invited a bunch of people, referral sources and things like that, to this happy hour each week. And you did that. And after a couple of weeks, you started noticing that about half the people that came to your happy hour were leaving about halfway through. And you weren't quite sure why, but then eventually you figure it out and you figure out that what's going on is one of the people that's coming to the happy hour about midway through has realized this is a really good marketing place for him and all, and he really likes these people that 
he's networking with there. So he starts inviting them to his own event in during the middle of your happy hour. Well, how happy are you going to be about that? Probably not very happy. And you're probably going to stop inviting that person to your happy hour. It's the same way with YouTube. Again, optimized for humans, not robots. If you are, every time you post a video on YouTube, telling people to go somewhere else and to stop watching YouTube, how many videos do you think YouTube is really going to surface to more people to watch? Probably not very many. So that's the second type is to sell something. So I'd say 10% of the time, these percentages, I kind of came up with them. This is probably what I do for my practice. Anyway, the third type of video is to build community. And let's go through what the goal should be for each type of these videos if, when you're publishing them. So before you start publishing anything, you need to decide what is the, the goal of this video. Each one has to have a specific call to action. If your video is trying to grow your, if you want to grow your channel, the call to action should be asking the person to watch another video. If you watch any of my recent videos, now some of my older videos are a little bit different, but if you watch videos that I've done in the last six to eight months, Almost every single one of them at the end of the video is asking them to watch another video on my, usually on my channel. Occasionally I'll ask them, I'll tell them to watch another channel if I think it's of value to them, but usually it's going to be watch another video on my channel. If the goal of the video is to sell something, then yes, you can, you can include a link, tell them to call your firm, tell them to join your email list, tell them to click a link, whatever you want to do. But you need to be aware that when you do that, and that's the call to action on the video, that YouTube is not going to show that to very many people. So the shelf life of that type of video is going to be much shorter because after you publish it, you might get some people that watch, but then it's going to, the numbers are going to go way down. And we're going to show you what, what I mean by that here in a little bit. The third type of video is to build community. This is kind of, a, you can do this as a live video. You go on, you know, once a week, do an ask the lawyer type of show. And, and the goal here is to really engage with your audience and get them invested in your channel. And I don't do these as much as I probably should, but it's a good thing. And every time I do it, the people that come on, they love that I do it. Um, and it gets a lot of really good, positive feedback. But I will typically unlist these videos after um, a few weeks because, again, YouTube's not going to be servicing them anymore. The only videos that YouTube's going to be servicing are the ones that are going to help you grow your channel. And in those building communities, comment, like, subscribe. That's the type of stuff you'll be asking people to do. The Guild is an insanely productive community of lawyer entrepreneurs with a growth mindset who share their collective genius and hold each other accountable to take their careers and businesses to the next level. But in 2021, we are upping the game. In addition to exclusive access to the group, FaceTime with the two of us, discounted pricing for live events, and front seat exposure to live recording and podcasts and video, we are mapping out for members the exact growth playbook with our new program, Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships and experience content specifically designed to complement your plan for growth. For a limited time only, the Maximum Lawyer and Minimum Time program will be offered for free to all new Guild members. Join us by going to maxlawguild.com. So how not to grow your channel. We've already kind of gone through this, but I'll go through it again. Tell the viewer to stop watching to call your firm. Tell the viewer to stop watching to visit your website. Send viewers to other videos in the middle of your video. In general, I used to put videos like, like in the middle of the video and say, hey, click this link, watch this video if you want to learn more about this. I've stopped doing that, and I typically put those videos at the end. It's not a terrible thing to do, but I think it's just one more way to tell YouTube, okay, people are dropping off this video halfway through, so we don't want to show it to more people. Again, I'm going to show you that here, the stats, in just a little bit. 
Send viewers off of YouTube in the middle of the video. That's a big no-no, you don't wanna do that. Send viewers to a lead magnet in your video. I include a lead magnet. I said at the very beginning, I get 20 to 50 people onto my email list every day from my YouTube video. It's not because I'm telling people to go on my, my email list. It's because I've got multiple links in the description of the videos where people can go and find more information and get on my email list, but I'm not telling people to go there. And I don't recommend that you do that either. People are smart. People know how to look in the descriptions. And if they like your videos and they like what you're doing, they're going to subscribe. You don't have to tell them to do it. They know how to do that by now. And they'll find your lead magnets in the description. That's fine. But don't tell people to go there and jump off of YouTube. Don't spend a whole lot of time introducing yourself, right? You don't need to spend a whole lot of time introducing yourself. You want to get to the content pretty quickly. I'm going to show you how to do that here in a sec. Don't telegraph the end of your videos. Again, that's gonna to lead to drop-off rates and your audience retention. And I've got an example of that that I will show here in a little bit as well. So the best way to keep your viewers engaged, and, and again, if we were live, I'd be asking who knows the best way to keep people engaged? I bet you know, it's to tell them a story. It's, it's, it's tale as old as time, right? That's how you keep people engaged. That's how you keep people on your channel. Here is my storytelling formula. I can't take credit for this. I, I got this from a coach that I worked with to learn more about YouTube, paid him a lot of money. And here's how I structure every single one of my videos and my audience retention has greatly improved as a result. I start with who's the character? Who, who is it that I'm talking about in this video? What do they want? Why can't they get it? What is at stake if they don't get it? Who comes along to help them? How ultimately do they get what they want, and how are they transformed as a result. Where most people go wrong here is they'll go through this story template and they will forget to do number four. What is at stake if they don't get it? This is a huge one and it really gets people to buy into your content. So I'd like to do a couple examples. I'll work, I'm gonna go through these pretty quick uh, to be cognizant of your time. Uh, again, I was gonna, if we were live, I'd be asking the audience to come in and, and kind of tell me what they thought each of the, the elements are for them. But let's let's talk about how this will work for a personal injury practice, for example. And let me just grab my notes here. So who's the character? The character is somebody who's been injured, whether it be a car wreck, medical malpractice, whatever it is, they've been injured somehow. What do they want? They wanna get better. They wanna um, have their medical bills paid for. They wanna know that they're gonna be okay. They want all these things. Why can't they get it? Because they don't know the rules. They don't know how to do it. They don't know how to talk to the insurance company. They're afraid they're gonna do something wrong. What's at stake if they don't get it? There's a lot at stake if they don't get it. They might not get better. They might not get the money they rightfully deserve because they weren't at fault in the accident. They may never be able to get back to a normal life. Who comes along to help them? Typically, it's gonna be someone great, like a great PI lawyer like Tyson. He's gonna come along, he's gonna help them, and he's gonna hold their hand along the way and show them exactly what they need to do to get better. How do they ultimately get what they want? Tyson's going to come in. He's going to hold their hand. He's going to get all their information. He's going to do all the negotiation on their behalf. He's going to file a lawsuit. If a lawsuit needs to be filed, and he's going to take care of all this for them, and they're going to feel better about it at the end of the day. How are they transformed? They're going to get a nice big check, and they're going to feel much better about their situation. And obviously, they're going to have lots of happy, wonderful feelings about Tyson as well. So family law example. Who's the character? Someone who's not so happy with their spouse, maybe doesn't want to stay in their marriage. What do they want? They want freedom. They want to be at peace. They want to live a happy life. They want to maybe be free from their, their spouse. Why can't they get it? A number of reasons. They're probably scared. Uh, they probably don't know what their legal rights are. They, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to move out without 
messing everything up. They don't want to lose half their life savings. Uh, what's at stake if they don't get it? Well, they're never going to be happy. They're never going to live the life they want. They're, they're always going to be stuck in a relationship that maybe is just dragging them down and makes them unhappy. And they feel like they're never going to be able to live that life that, that, that they finally want, no freedom. Who comes along to help them? It's probably going to be someone like Billy Tarasio or Brian Reedy or, or someone wonderful like that or, or Aaron who's, who's going to help them. How do they ultimately get what they want? One of these wonderful lawyers is going to show them exactly what they need to do. They're going to hold their hand. They're going to uh, walk them through the process step by step, and they're going to make sure they're protected. How are they transformed as a result? They're going to get out of their marriage. They're going to be happier. They're going to move on to a better life. Maybe they're going to find another boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, or wife, and you know they're going to be happier. All right, last example, immigration. Who's the character? Someone who wants to move to the United States, in all likelihood. Uh, what do they want? They want to move to the United States. Why can't they get it? They don't speak the language. They don't know the rules. They're not sure what visa is going to apply to them. What's at stake if they don't get it? Yeah, maybe they get deported. Maybe they mess something up and they can't get here legally. Who comes along to help them? Probably our, our, our superhero, Jim Hacking. Um, how do they ultimately get what they want? He's going to walk them through, again, step by step, hold their hand, talk them through the process, make sure they understand what they're doing, make sure they dot all their I's and cross all their T's so they can get here legally. He's going to fight for them if the government tells them no. How are they transformed as a result? They get the citizenship they want here in the United States and they get to live a better life. So those are some examples. You need to start incorporating those type of stories into your content. It's okay if you do the same type of video multiple times. Um, because number one, you're going to get better at it and you're going to get, it's going to be easier for you to tell that story. And you need to come up with an origin story like that. That's going to share with people exactly what they need to know so that they can start relating to you and they can start wanting to work with you as their lawyer. Now, how do you know if people are watching? You can do a number of things. You can look at your impressions by impressions. I mean, the number of times that YouTube is surfacing your content to other, to, to people on the platform, you can check your click-through rate. This is going to be really indicative of whether or not your videos are going to do well. If you've got a low click-through rate, you're going to need to upgrade your thumbnail and figure out something to, or maybe change your title around a little bit to make sure that you get more people clicking through and watching the content. You want to check the watch time. We're going to go through some audience retention graphs here in just a minute, and I'm going to show you exactly what these look like and what you should be looking for. That's the audience retention. So audience retention is basically the percentage of people that have viewed your content. So let me give you an example number one. This is a video that I posted about a year ago. This thumbnail, not great. You know, I look at it now and I realized how bad it is. But the title was, and, and this is funny to me, social media marketing in 2020, legal contracts you need. Clearly what I was doing with this video, and I remember when I did this, is I was targeting that term social media marketing in 2020. This is before I knew anything about telling a story or anything like that. So I imagine legal contracts you need was also a keyword that I was, I was targeting. But you know that first part of it, social media marketing in 2020 has nothing to do with two contracts you need there at, um, on the thumbnail. And you know, so the fact that anybody watched this video is really pretty surprising to me. I published this about a year ago. We say that, you know, yeah, today's the 17th. So I published it a year ago today. It's gotten 1,700 views. Not terrible, and I'm sure most of you out there that have smaller YouTube channels are probably thinking that that's that's pretty good for a video, and 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 it's, and it's not bad. And I'm not going to sit here and say that's a terrible stat, but uh, compared to some of my other videos, it is not great. My click-through rate on this actually wasn't terrible, 2.8 percent. 
for most of my videos that do really well, we're seeing click-through rates in the five to 7% range. Anything lower than three or 4% is not going to do as well. And again, this is gonna, it's gonna depend on your channel. There's much more high volume channels where the click-through rate is going to be much smaller and they're gonna get a whole lot more views. And there's channels that are very niche that don't get a whole lot of views where the click-through rates are gonna be higher. So it really just depends. I gained 28 subscribers from this video. All this stuff can be found in YouTube's analytics, by the way, it's a great platform. And the average percentage viewed for this video was about 42.6%. Again, not great uh, in terms of trying to grow a channel. So if, if all my videos were like this, my channel probably wouldn't grow. Let's go through this second example. So uh, I, as you can see, I've kind of upgraded my thumbnails a little bit. This thumbnail was generated in uh, Photoshop, I believe. Um, we got a little bit more bold to try and bring the, the, the type out a little bit better. It's got an expression on my face that kind of shows some aggravation. The title here was Single Member LLC Mistakes You Should Avoid 2020 Update. You can see that title syncs nicely with the thumbnail, Avoid These Common LLC Mistakes. They're not exactly the same. You don't want to use the exact same title in your thumbnails, but it's very similar. And it shows that, that, that that's kind of what the video is about. I published this in June. That was about six months ago. It's received 41,251 views. Obviously, you know, much better than the, the previous video that was published 12 months ago. The click-through rate on this was 5.6%. So again, it's a higher click-through rate. And I've gained about 1,100 subscribers from this video. And this is what I really want you to take away from this. This is what's really important. The percentage viewed of this video was 58.7%. And I'm gonna show you here what that looks like. So this is audience retention. So that this image on the uh, left is that first video I showed you with the percentage viewed of 42.6%. So you can see as we get towards the end of the video, it's down around 10, 15%. Our people are still watching that video. And it's a 10 minute video. If you look at the other video on the right, uh, the average view duration is almost double that of the first video, uh, eight minutes and 43 seconds versus four minutes and 16 seconds. And apart from a drop off at the very beginning there where it dropped down to about 66% um, a couple minutes in, it kept that pretty steady for the entire video right out to the end where it dropped down to about 33%. And just before that, I think about, um, 30 seconds before that, it, it was still doing pretty well. And that's because I teached all the way through the video and I didn't have any other call to actions except to watch another video and that was at the very end. That's how audience retention uh, can be important. So you want to go into your YouTube analytics and you wanna look at your audience retention graphs and see how they're showing up for your videos. So I can open up for questions if there are any questions, Becca, or, also, I've got some other examples directly from my channel that I can show to show people to walk them through my channel a little bit more, but I'm happy to do whatever you want me to do. Absolutely. So I don't see any questions in the group right now. I had thought of two questions that maybe we could run through quick and then you could show us some of those on your channel. Okay, that's fine. So I was just wondering, you had talked about thumbnails and how they are kind of that visual search. So what is your opinion on only text thumbnails or should there always be some sort of imagery on a thumbnail? I don't have an opinion yes or no on that. It really depends on the thumbnail, right? 
Uh, And I'll be honest, I I didn't focus on this a whole lot because I am really bad (laughs) at image stuff. I'm actually, there's a, there's a company that does thumbnails that I might hire to see if they can jack up my thumb, my click-through rates a little bit better. The nice thing about thumbnails is if you see a video that's doing really, really well, but the click-through rate is really low, you can swap out the thumbnails anytime you want. It's not going to have any effect on that video. The other thing I will say is that if you have one video that does really well and another video that does really bad, that's not going to affect, they're not going to affect each other. I'm sorry, that's kind of a tangent, but just people, people do worry about that. So I would say test it. One of the things that I do is I use a tool in TubeBuddy that allows you to A-B test. And basically what it does is you set it up and you put in one thumbnail. Maybe you want to test one thumbnail that has an image and one thumbnail that is just text. And you can set it up in in TubeBuddy where TubeBuddy will will put the two off um, against each other for as long as you want. You can tell them to do it until it's statistically significant. Or you can say to do it for two weeks, whatever you want to do, and that's what they'll do. And then they'll pick the winner at the end. And then you could throw another thumbnail if you wanted. So what I would recommend is if you're if you're thinking that maybe images of me aren't going to be as good as just a text-based image or vice versa, test it out and, and you can figure that out. Because by swapping those images out, you're not going to hurt the overall stats for the, the video. Awesome. Okay, so my second question, very related to that was, because you had showed us the two different images of your thumbnails, are you actually specifically taking photos that you know you're going to use as thumbnails? Yes. Okay. I don't I don't pull images out of my videos. I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. Now, what I'll do is after I'm finished recording, I'll turn off the camera and then turn it on again to start a new file. And I'll just, I'll... I literally will like sit in front of the camera for like, you know, two or three minutes and just do a bunch of poses and see what, and, and kind of think about how it's going to play for my video. So if I'm giving a five tips, I might make sure I put my hand up for five tips or it's terrible. It's not great. It's not what I recommend, but as a lawyer and we're just trying, you just have to be kind of better than most other lawyers. Right. I, I, I was on a call with somebody today and she's like, she's like, I love your videos because you're not like all the other lawyers. Now that's me. I, I, I don't want anyone to copy what I do. I mean, you could if you want, I guess, but it's not going to work for you. You have to be who you are. Like I could never copy someone like Will Umansky and try and, you know, swear and do different things like he does because I'm not Will Umansky. That's his persona. He's, he's the lawman, right? I'm not the lawman. So you just have to be who you are. And most lawyers, especially a lot of the lawyers that are in this group, have enough personality to, to, to have a pretty unique presence on YouTube. They just have to get out of their shell and stop doing them. Hi, my name is Jim Hart. I'm a lawyer in Cary. And today we're going to talk about equitable distribution. Nobody wants to hear that. They don't. They want some, you kind of got to amp yourself up for your videos. I love it. I think that those behind the scenes tips like that are super important. So those are the two questions that I had thought of. Well, what I was going to, the other thing I was going to show, let me just see if I can pull it up. So there's a couple other videos. And I think this is really interesting. And I want to show this tool that you can use in in YouTube, if that's okay. All right. So this is, um, this is like the back end. This is what it shows. And, and so what I think is important here is going down here. So for every video, I'll just show you how I got here. So for every video, you can go over to this this content tab right here. And that shows you a list of all your videos. And you can sort them by date, 
by views, by comments, by different things. So let's go to views. So this is like one of my, and 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 by the way, the way this video performed has it throw everything that I just told you out the, the window because I don't know why this video performed so well, but it did. Anyway, uh, so you go down, you click on the video and you go to the analytics tab and you can go down here and then you can see audience retention. Now, I don't know if it's actually gonna play this, but I think what's really important is it shows you at the beginning like here, 31 seconds in, 73% were still watching the video. That's pretty good. You want it to be about 75%, 80%, 30, 30 seconds in. So if, you're, if your audience retention graph, and they've got a little guide here, if it goes straight down, then you know people aren't watching your video or they're jumping off. And YouTube isn't going to want to show it to more people if that's the case. So you want it to be pretty flat, right? There's always going to be a downward slope. But then what I think is really interesting is here at the end. And I don't know if you're gonna be able to see this or not, um, but I'm gonna hit play and see what happens because it's really interesting what I say at this point. What I said was, hopefully this has been helpful to you. Basically what I did is uh, about three minutes before the video ended, I said, hopefully this has been helpful to you. And then I started rambling into, make sure that you click the link to subscribe, do all this, go down to the bottom and check out my description. And then my, if you can see, it just it just torpedoed. I mean, it went down to 10% at the bottom. Now, again, this video did really well. I'm not sure why, what's, what's going on here. I think the thumbnail is horrible. Maybe it's just a topic that has broad interest. I'm not sure. That's something to, to check. Then this one, I think this, this was interesting. This is that same one that I was just showing before as an example. And on the back end, what you can see here is that with the first couple of days after I published this video, it, it had like 1600 views. Typical in this period was two to 3000. So it actually was underperforming in the first four days. It wasn't until about 30 days in that it started to take off. So this gray line down here is what typical videos on my channel do. And this line shows it kind of took off. So that will happen sometimes. And that's great. You want to see that happen, but you don't know when it's going to happen or what videos it's going to happen to. So you got to just keep publishing. The more you publish, the more likely something like that's going to happen. And then this one, I think, is just another example where you can see a little bit clearer. Uh, this is a shorter video. It was just published like three months ago. And it's just right there in that gray area. So it's pretty typical. It's starting to break out. I don't know what's going to happen with it. Um, but again, on the audience retention here, um, 48% watched. And it, this is where I changed. And I started going directly to showing another video. So at the end of the video, I still got 35% of the people watching it. Um, and then just dumps right off because that's when the, the video ends. So I just think it's interesting to look at that stuff. And you just really need to look at these graphs and see how they do. And the other thing you can check, which I think is really important, is if you go to the reach tab up here, and then you'll see how uh, whether YouTube is showing it to people. So you can see how many impressions and then you can see the click-through rate. Again, 3.2%, not great. Probably could do better, but it's got a good average view duration. So people that do click on it and watch it, they tend to stay on and that's great. Then here you can see where people are coming from. You want people to be coming from browse features. That's like YouTube's homepage. So that's like the gold mine. That's the goal. You want to get all your videos onto the homepage, which means they're going to show it to more people. But anyway... Uh, and YouTube search will actually be pretty low. A lot of people try and optimize for YouTube search, but what, what's really happening there is people will search for your video. They might find your video and watch your video, but you're not building any engagement or community by doing that because they're just looking for an answer to their question and they're dropping off. I mean, how many people can relate to that, right? 
you want people to want to come back to your channel and watch more. So that's kind of what I got. I do not have any questions right now. And that was actually going to be my last question was what's the best way to contact you? So we got an email there. And then of course, subscribe to your YouTube channel because it's incredible. I wouldn't say that, but I got lucky. I literally lucked into this, figuring this stuff out, but I really did start focusing on it probably back in March. Before that, it was all just dumb luck, I would say. It's fun, I love it now. That's awesome. All right, well, thank you so much for sharing this with us today. You're welcome. If uh, if any of your members, if they reach out or they have questions and you wanna forum to me, I'll, I'll try my best to respond. Awesome, thank you so much. Thanks, Becca. I look forward to seeing you hopefully next year. And when, yeah. when are you guys planning it, the conference? June. For as of right now, it's gonna be live. Exactly. Fingers crossed. High hopes, exactly. That's right. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Becca. Have a great night. Awesome. Have a great night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, more content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Maximum Have a great week and catch you next time.